we're gonna start i don't even know what episode of the podcast this is uh i think it's eight or nine maybe so yeah not too many but uh New guest on the show today for anyone listening. Uh, if you would like to introduce yourself, however you want to be referred to as, because you know, with the all internet names, there's always uh, multiple different options that people like to go by. So, yeah. <laughs> well, on Twitch and everything, I think all my social media is I'm the pretty dirty. I was trying to just be pretty dirty, but somehow that was taken. So I had to put the in front of everything. It was but uh, add something extra. I know, but my my real name is Cody. So I won't say last name for obvious reasons. Yeah, fair enough. Cool. But, yeah, uh, I'm, my last name is plastered all over everything, so I guess I don't really follow that. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I, I honestly don't care. I think I think some people care more than others. Yeah. But I, well, it's kind of funny. We, we can just dive into that a little bit too while, while we're getting started, and then I got some other things that we could yeah. discuss. But I found it funny because a few years ago, uh, like I decided to start a couple of my own businesses. So I originally started with like a vinyl cutting business. Mm-hmm. And when I like registered for that business, you can either like register an agent and have the information like public, or you can like pay extra to have it private or whatever. Yeah. So I of course didn't want to pay the extra fees. So I was like, whatever, I don't care if my name and address and phone number is like available on the internet. I was like, who, who do I have to hide from kind of attitude? Yeah. You know, I was like, whatever, it doesn't matter to me at all. So I, after after that, like starting, uh, I have like two LLCs that just have my information everywhere, and I was like, "Fuck it!" Like, doesn't matter <laughs> who has my information at this point. Like, it's easy enough to find if someone wants to find it. So exactly, that's always been my take on it. I know some people are a lot more, whatever, worried or whatever you want to call it about you know trying to be more secretive and whatnot. But in my opinion, if anyone wants to find you, they have the information they need it, yeah. to find you pretty easily. <laughs> a, lot, a lot more easily than people think. It's you know, some of that information is so accessible. Oh yeah, like have you ever in, in ways that you wouldn't yourself? even think about? Exactly, yeah, it's stuff like that, like ways you wouldn't even think about where you're like, ah, oh, nobody's gonna do yeah. that. And it's like they can. <laughs> like I'll, it's really not that hard. I'll like Google search myself and I'll see like uh, uh, high school football stats from like middle or like that's not high school, but like middle school football stats website yeah. will show up. <laughs> it's like max preps from like 2009 or whatever. And it's like you can find a lot about someone if you really wanted to, but. Um, so I think we, we have a few different things that we could discuss. I, I kind of wanted to, since I finally got the chance to actually like have a conversation with you, uh, first of all, I appreciate you joining me for this and giving up an hour of your time. Yeah. Took too long to do it. Yeah. That's all right. <laughs> scheduling. That's, that's one thing I was worried about with getting more guests on is going to be like trying to schedule people in to, to be able to join in to do it. Um, but I, I thought it was really interesting uh, a few weeks ago when we kind of like re-met again, even though we had never like formally met for the first time, I noticed you were streaming and it said something about home roasted coffee. And I thought it was really cool. And I think it's cool that I get the opportunity to like share this with you now. But um, it was really it, it kind of hit home for me a lot because I had had the idea and like talked about uh, starting a coffee business myself like probably a couple of years ago. And I kind of had this idea where like, I wanted to do something that wasn't necessarily directly related to myself. And I had the idea of doing something like Viking themed, which is kind of ironic because that's kind of like what you're going with, with this new Viking, yeah. uh, you know, longhouse coffee. Um, for anyone who hasn't seen, I did make a YouTube video that uh, shared and tried, tried the coffee for the first time. 
But um, I thought it was really cool because it was kind of ironic that like you were sort of doing the same thing that I like said I wanted to do a while ago, but like never really took the action on it. Yeah. Because I was like, man, I don't know if I want to go through this whole process of like actually learning how to roast coffee and like maybe I could do just like a private label at some point. And then I kind of just like put it off to the side with, you know, a lot of other projects that I've like wanted to do these things, but never really dove super deep into it. So when I saw that you were roasting your own coffee and you were going with like this Viking theme with Longhouse, I was like, dude, this is like, you know, kind of just almost like a kick in the pants of like, hey, this guy's doing it. Like, why the hell did I stop doing it? You know? Yeah. Um, So it was really cool to see you kind of diving into that. And uh. I don't know. It was is uh it was really cool to sort of get that, you know, aha moment where like hey, someone else is is taking the thing and doing it and um, yeah. no, it's, I'm glad, it's been I'm awesome glad I did to it like watch the process, you know, and like see you kind of diving into it and maybe if you want to I don't know, share a little bit about that whole adventure and you know stuff along those lines maybe that'd be kind of cool i don't even know like (laughs) why i i started it i have no idea i was uh i always like learning new skills and uh i don't know just being my own boss obviously for like yeah that's i don't don't like working for anyone else so i'm always trying to find you know like try different ideas and 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 hopefully find one that sticks of like things i really enjoy doing that can be passionate about that can be good at or learn um and like I drink, I drink coffee a lot. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I like, I just like how, I don't know, specific you can get with it. And like you can do things to coffee that someone else isn't doing. Cause on the face of it, it looks like, oh, you're just roasting coffee beans. Right. But then once you start researching it and learning it, you're like, no, there's so much more to like altering the beans to taste how you want them to taste. And uh, so you can get very specific. And mm-hmm. then I don't know, just the idea of, coffee's so important right you have a back cup of coffee the rest of your day is shit you know <laughs> so even even at the end of the day right there's, yeah. there's people that drink coffee oh, yeah. for dessert i have, I have after know? dinner coffee quite often yeah actually. which is the other thing i'm gonna work on next is i want a real sweet coffee for like after there dinner you know, or something like, like you're, you're winding down yeah dessert coffee but uh i don't know and then i just started chugging along and i was like hey i'm, I'm pretty good at this this is really fun um there's obviously a few things i wish i would have started off different yeah uh you know, like maybe not going into a four hundred dollar roaster off off rip because mm-hmm. that was a lot of money. But um, you know, kind of starting how like you were on like a popcorn roaster, uh, because there's so many benefits to be able to learn like that, and it's cheap. Yeah, you know, you can sign if you like it. It's not like some huge investment or anything. Yeah. But, uh, I've literally started just like playing around with it. I think I bought like a, a one pound bag of like Ethiopian beans. Like literally, this was like after I had saw you and and whatever. I was like, dude, I need to get back into this. Like, why did I not keep trying this? Yeah. So. I bought like a one pound bag of uh, Ethiopian beans and I've just been like roasting them in a pan literally on like a camp stove. Yeah. Uh, and then like I recently just picked up like a three pound bag of Colombian beans and like I have a couple of different just like pans that I was using for camping and stuff when I used to I used to live out of a van for a while. So I have like some extra camping gear and stuff that I used to use in my makeshift kitchen. So I've been like trying the the a uh, little deeper pot versus the pan because it's easier to keep stirring and like you know try to keep the beans even while while they're heating up and um it, it's been kind of cool just to even scratch the surface of diving into but i like how you know that that kind of attitude just like this seems cool like i want to learn more about it and like what better way than just to like dive fully into it and like yeah. 
like I was saying at the beginning, like I, I, I maybe discount myself a little bit sometimes because I'm like, oh, I've started so many things, but I never like I don't often finish those projects or like take yeah. them as far as I had the idea of at the beginning. But I've always been one of those kind of people where it's like you've you've you know come up with uh, uh, something that you're interested in and you kind of just like dive full blast into it and you're like, oh, I'm gonna do this with it, I'm gonna do that with it, and you get super excited about it and it's really fun to like you were saying, like learn new processes and like, it's almost like, uh, you know, a lot of people probably agree that it's like almost another art form, like similar to oh, 100%. You know, streaming and all that kind of stuff where, yeah. yeah, it's like a simple thing when it's like, Oh, just get a cup of coffee. But there's like, there's so much more to it that you can do with yeah. it and fine tune it. And it's, it's one of those things that's, you know, super common and it's a great way to like, you know, uh, meet up with people and like socialize and whatever, like, Hey, let's grab a cup of coffee or whatever. So there's like, there's a lot more aspects to it than just kind of like, Oh, it's what I drink in the morning. Yeah. You know, it's, you gotta, you gotta pick who you're going after too. Like, yeah. uh, I'm in all these coffee forums and stuff and, and people rip anyone who tries to like put those flavored oils in their beans, <laughs> yeah. like through, through those comments, it's just, it's dude, total annihilation. Brutal. Like, dude, like, how could you do this? This perfect bean. I never want to see this again. You, you're despicable. And I'm like, dude, man, he's just doing something. Like there's a right? huge market for people that have flavored beans, Oh yeah. you know? So you just have to pick your, your target, you know, like, am I going for a coffee aficionado? Who's going to taste my coffee and be like, ah, there's hints of cherry with vanilla on the back. Yeah. Like, you know, is that who you're really going 100%. for? Probably, you know, if, if that's who you want, then sure. But uh, I'm just looking to get people a really good cup of coffee, you know? Yeah, I love, like, uh, my parents have been getting, like, the giant, you know, tub of, like, uh, Kirkland coffee from Costco. And yeah. my parents drink, like, you know, a couple pots of coffee every morning on the weekends or whatever to make coffee. And my dad always takes, like, a huge pot of coffee with him to work and you know, I'll, I'll go in and have coffee with my parents and I'm like, this coffee just tastes like ass. Like it's just not good coffee. And so for me, it's cool just to like take someone who's used to just like drinking, you know, shit coffee just to have coffee. And it's like, try something that's a little better, you know? Yeah. And I was even trying to tell my mom, I was like, could, could you just try this coffee without anything in it? Cause she'll, you know, pour a half a cup of coffee and then it's a half a cup of cream and yeah. sugar and whatever else. It's like, could you just try this without anything in it? Because like, I promise it's way better than just like your gas station yeah. coffee or your, you know, your regular coffee you'd normally make a, uh, in someone's. There's some kitchen. people that love that real cheap coffee. Like, uh, my girlfriend's dad, dude, he thinks the best coffee on the planet is McDonald's loves it. Yeah. Loves it. You know, so there, there's people that are like that. They they love that real, real strong, plain, just bitter right. coffee. Just, they think, they yeah. think it's good. And, you know, whatever. You like what you like, I guess. There's so many, there's so many, like, there's so many varieties to it, too. Because I remember the first time I visited Canada, I had heard all these good things about Tim Hortons and whatever. And, you know, I was like, oh, I got to try Tim Hortons while I'm in Canada. And then I was like, this coffee is shit. Like, <laughs> it's actually not good at all. But, you know, it's like supposedly the Canadian equivalent to Starbucks. And I was like, this coffee's not even good. It, it's one of those like really subjective things, you know, yeah. like, I don't know, giving somebody a, a cup of coffee and they're like, hey, this is bad. And I think, well, maybe it's not bad. You just, you probably just don't like it, which is completely fair. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things that people can be really picky with. Totally. Uh, and that's going to be the hardest thing I think going forward is, is convincing someone that like, Hey, stop drinking the thing that you've been drinking for who knows how long right. and try this new thing, you know, yeah. cause it's going to throw, it's going to throw a wrench into, into the whole operation of their life. Yep. Uh, 
you know, trying trying to hold different coffee in the morning. So that that's honestly my biggest fear is like how how am I gonna uh, invade someone's life like that and you know convince them to do something different? Yeah, than what they've been doing for like I said, who knows how long? It could be years. Yeah, that's I mean that's definitely a big difference because like I feel like I'm kind of one of those types of people with like coffee and like energy drinks and that kind of stuff where I just like love trying a bunch of different flavors and like you know I don't necessarily have the same thing every single day I like to switch it up and try some of this and try some of that and and whatnot but yeah some people are they're they're super stuck on that routine of like this is what I have this is how I make it like every single day any different yeah yeah and you're not gonna change their mind but not at all but you have to try you know, yeah, because maybe it'll work once. Only has to work a few times, right? Yeah, and you, you start times. to get people uh, being like, "Hey, this this stuff's really good. You should, you should yeah. try this out." That's like the the dude that I was working for at the time uh, when I moved over here. He said, like, "I hate coffee," and I was like, "Cool." I was like, "You're the perfect person to try then, because right. if I can get yeah. you to like coffee, you know, then there's a oh, lot of people yeah. out there who probably would enjoy this coffee." You know? Yeah, it's so. something that's. I feel like probably undervalued a lot is like trying to get like sample sizes or like, you know, sample feedback from like people who you don't expect to like your product or, or your, whatever it is you're, you have, you know, trying to get that diverse variety. Cause it's kind of like when I was trying your coffee, I was like, I mean, it's good. Like I enjoyed it. I, I don't, can't really tell you like, exactly what it tastes like or like a lot about it or like the details and whatever and i was that's kind of like one of my fears with like trying to get more into roasting coffee is like i don't know like it tastes good but like i can't tell you a whole lot about you know like i actually bought this uh this book that is like a guide to roasting and whatever and it has like a whole section on like the your taste buds and the whole like taste palette and the different areas of your tongue that have like different uh you know receptors to certain like sour and bitter and sweet and i was like man there's there's a whole lot to this where it's like yeah it's yeah. either it's a good cup of coffee or like tastes like you know shit water <laughs> well, and that's why i think ultimately that's what's going to come down to is you're you're just going to appeal to the normal everyday person you know sometimes yeah. it'll fall into a coffee enthusiast lap but uh and then they may pick it apart but ultimately like, the first first impressions you know you drink it and you're like ah, is this good yes it's really yeah. good I like it. It's it's either, you know, more flavorful than my other coffee or less flavorful, you know, right. a little bit more strong. I can taste I think I think the easiest thing to pick out is like a chocolatey, like a dark chocolate bitter taste. Yeah. Um so I think that's what most people associate coffee with. And I think it's a pretty distinguishable taste. But then when people start getting into like, oh, there's cardamom, I'm like, really? Where? Because I have no, I have no idea. I think it gets you know? wild when people start talking about like the fruity, like the fruity aspects of it. Cause like it was kind of cool. I read through like the first part of this book talked about like the history of coffee and you know like a lot of people don't even realize like how coffee grows as like a fruit almost as like a berry and red. then and it's know, a red berry yeah it's wild and then it turns into what you see is just you know some brown juice in a cup but <laughs> it's like it's it is kind of cool though to know like kind of i'm obviously very early on to the process of learning how to roast but like being able to sort of compare what you're roasting now to like, you know, what you've done in the past and being able to sort of start to compare those to each other and figure out like, Hey, this one is, you know, less bitter than the other one or, you know, things like that. And I think that's kind of cool. And 
like we were kind of mentioning, like, yeah, there's going to be people that are probably going to like pick it apart and be like, oh, this is that and whatever. But it's like, that's probably not necessarily the people that you're, you're really targeting, you know, at yeah. least for a while and until you get really dialed in with your process and, uh, you know, starting to get different equipment and figuring out different rows. And so I, I had to have a whole chat with my, my, uh, grandmother, and my mom, because they're like, we're getting you customers and you're not getting us content. I was like, listen, I'm not trying to sell it right now. I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah, you got, a, you got a lot to learn. That goes yeah, the whole process that goes through picking out a coffee that I like, you know, so say I roast like six, six different types of coffee that I'm looking to have caramel notes to it. You know, it's like now I have to roast them all. Then I have to drink them. And then I have to sit there and say what I did wrong. You know, then I have to tweak them. And then that's for each individual coffee. You have to yeah. do this. And for, on a small roaster, you know, by the time you you set it up, you you roast, you cool down, and then you get ready to taste. You're you're there for like forty five minutes per roast. You know, by the time you get done drinking, right? And so I'm like, this isn't just some simple, you know, put it in a pot, roast it, and then drink it. Yeah, and there's a lot that goes into deciding what I want my coffee to taste like, and uh, figuring out how to get it there, and which which beans gonna get it there the best. Yeah, and well, it's crazy. So much. And not only that, but like once you figure out which one you like, you got to figure out how to replicate it over and over and over Just again so that it tastes yeah. the same every single time. I write everything down. Down from like the beans you get, where they come from, you know. The humidity. Like that. Like yeah. I roast outside and I have all these articles where like, oh, if you're roasting outside, you need to write down the uh, the temperature that it is out right. there because that can change everything. I'm like, son of a bitch. Like, Yeah. You think of how you different know? it is compared to like, you know, once you go big scale, you're in like a... In controlled probably you know climate controlled environment with ventilation yeah. and you know everything else and it's like super yeah, regulated conditions every single time yeah but yeah so, i think i was like out on the picnic table it was like windy and like almost snowing the other day like trying to roast a you know 100 grams of coffee just to see yeah. the process and watch the beans turn and kind of they're too like like the pros of how you're doing is like you get to visibly see everything that's happening in front of you. Cause you don't have, it's not in a drum. Yeah. You know, you're not having to peek through a window. You can, you can just see everything that's happening. Um, and then you, once you, once you recognize that, then you, you start getting a little bit more specific and you're like, cool. Now I'm going to upgrade to a roaster. I know what the phases yep. are as it's roasting. Now I'm going to upgrade to one that I can at least tell the temperature of everything that's going on, yeah. you know, to a, to a more accurate degree. And then you're like, cool, I can get that now. And like now I've upgraded to one where it's I can control the drum speed and air uh, airflow and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So you just constantly get a little bit more specific with what you're doing and uh, have have a little bit more control. But I'm still brand new. I've been doing this for yeah. less than a year. So it's really cool though to see like uh, to see kind of the journey as you go through it, like with being able to watch you on Twitch and whatnot with the, the stuff you are doing and getting to see some of the process and, you know, what you're going through with like some of the days where you've had, you know, roasts that maybe didn't turn out so well. And it's like, I've already had a couple like where it's like my uh, little camp stove, like ran out of fuel, like halfway through my roast. I'm like, yeah. it's not done yet. Like, what do I do? Like, is it okay to, you know, heat it back up again and keep going? And it's like, all these different things happening. So it's, it's really cool. As like, I was saying like all the, the different things that I've gone through and tried to start up, like, uh, for a while I was saying I had like a vinyl decal cutting business where I was like making, you know, custom decals and, um, 
kind of to segue a little bit into maybe what some of your plans are for the future. Like I was like selling these decals and it was kind of like uh low profit margins, I guess, but like I had to have high volumes in order for it to be worth yeah. it. And I was like trying to set up like a, like a streamer affiliate marketing program where like they could get a discount code and uh, you know, get like some free products or whatever to yeah. basically like make decals of their logo, whatever to like sell to their viewers and whatnot. And I started doing some of that, but I really didn't know like what I was doing. I was trying to just like throw together some marketing that I had done myself and like get some other streamers to like advertise it for me. But I was reaching out to some friends of mine who like didn't really have much of an audience yet. And I was like, okay, well, unless I have, you know, like hundreds of these decals to make every day, like I'm only making 25 cents on each one or whatever. So I need to make like a crap load of them. And then I was like, well, do I really want to be sitting here hand making decals all day, every day? Cause yeah. that sounds like it kind of sucks. So then I was like, oh, well, maybe this isn't really the best route. And, um, but I know you had kind of mentioned trying to do some kind of like uh, affiliate marketing type of thing with streamers and stuff like that, which I think, I think is a really cool way to not only help advertise your product, but also help take the advertising, like the marketing burden off of you to some degree by having other people help you do the marketing essentially. <laughs> it get, yeah. Doing, I don't know, since I've been streaming for so long, or I don't even want to say so long, a couple of years now, <laughs> you know, it's really hard to go out and find like a really good affiliate program. Cause yeah. half of them are like kind of scammy anyways, you know, yeah. who's, who's going to use your code to go buy some, some G fuel, you know? So maybe, maybe a couple, yeah. but uh, so I'd, I'd, I'd like to have like a, a smaller business being able to run these affiliate programs through and have control and like direct uh, personal contact with them and, and, you know, let them know. And right. I don't know, maybe make them feel more involved, you know, yeah. because as the copy business grows, then, you know, who knows they could grow too. And it's just Twitch. It's just gaming. But, you know, everybody advertises on Twitch for just about anything. Right. Yeah. Um, well, and I mean, like, you know, gamers are usually a lot of coffee drinkers, too. You know, so any kind of that, caffeine, pretty much. So. Yeah, that was that was something I was trying to run through, too, is like, how do I advertise this as maybe like a gaming coffee or like some sort of gaming blend that I could come up with? Yeah. But then I got to look at like adding things into it, I think, or right. uh even giving individual streamers like their own roast flavor, kind of like how G Fuel does for their flavors yep. with people. You know, late, this is way later down the line, obviously. Yeah. But you know, coming up with people to have their own their own flavors of, of roasts, and uh, that could be pretty cool as, a, as like a long term goal. Yeah, have like a signature blend or whatever for like certain yeah. brands and stuff. That would be really yeah. cool. So, but, I think yeah. yeah, that the whole like uh, affiliate marketing thing can be kind of tricky because I know like same. I've gotten into a lot of uh, situations where it's like, oh, this brand has an affiliate thing or whatever. And like, it sounds cool to sign up and get a code and like, you feel like you're a part of something, but usually it's just like by them signing up an affiliate to give them a code and whatever, you're just getting that affiliate to buy your product. <laughs> yeah. So it gets to be like a really tough balance to like try to make it worthwhile for people to actually sign up for it. Cause I think you probably know as well as I do by now that like a lot of, uh, you know, creators and we're, we're kind of segueing, I guess, into a little bit of content stuff, which I think you'd probably be all right with talking about. <laughs> I'm good for anything. Um, but uh, like a lot of, you know, I'll say newer creators, not necessarily smaller creators, but like you're so excited at the beginning, right? You're like, I want to be a part of something like I want to have my name associated to this brand and like have this brand 
like the brand doesn't really give a shit about the creator, you know, in, uh, in a lot of those situations. Uh, but yet, like the creators, are like I'll sign up for anything if I can put a discount code in my panel that no one's gonna see or no one's gonna click on. Yeah. Fuck it, like that's great. Sign me up, right? And it's kind of funny because like I've sort of been in the streaming YouTube whatever space for like five years roughly or whatever and i still don't know shit because all my channels are pretty unsuccessful so far after a long time but like i've sort of absorbed a lot of experience and a lot of uh i guess i've ex i've experienced a lot of things through that time with different people and different like environments and how things work and a lot about how things don't work <laughs> yeah so it's interesting to see like a lot of other creators diving into that and i think it's it's cool for you specifically to sort of see you starting to like dive deeper into YouTube now, because I, I I've kind of had more experience with YouTube in the past than I have with Twitch. I mean, I, I was a fairly consistent Twitch streamer for a while, but not so much. No, well now I'm getting back into it and whatever, but, um, I feel like I talk about myself too much. I don't know. I don't know what else to talk about anymore. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's all just normal conversation wherever, wherever this goes. It's, it's so funny. Cause like, now that uh, I've kind of become like self-employed for the last like three months or so at the beginning of this year, I tried to like take video and go full time with it or whatever. It's yeah. weird because like when I do have conversations with people now, like this is the type of stuff that gets me really excited is, you know, talking about like content growth and like how to be better and how to, you know, try to build a business because I've been trying to do that for a long time. And it's like it's it's really hard. You know, a lot of people will say that it's really hard after they've been successful and like, I still haven't got there yet, but I definitely know that it's really difficult. Um, yeah. but it's like the one thing that I get like really excited about to talk about with people. So it's always really exciting for me when I can talk to someone else who one actually understands like the things I'm talking about, <laughs> but yeah. then also like, you know, has input and other experience to bring into it, which I think is cool. Cause like you've had a lot of experience on TikTok, I know from the past. TikTok, TikTok did well, still, still doing well. But would, uh, would, you, would you say that like, did you, did you? I'd like to actually know a little bit more about this if you don't mind. But would you, was your TikTok success like before you started streaming on Twitch? No, I was, I was streaming. I don't know. I, I'd probably say for like a year, and like TikTok came about. And I was like, I was, I was one of those stupid people. I was like, I'm, I'm never going to get on TikTok. A bunch of, <laughs> bunch of kids, a bunch of weird trends. I'm never going to do that. That's yeah. stupid. And then I started seeing how much success, like all these other people had on it. And I was like, damn, like I missed the train, dude. Yeah. I missed the early train. And so I was, I was playing catch up, you know, people had already established themselves. And, uh, so I, I was streaming for a little while before that started happening. And then, but it was, it was really good. And I, I learned again, I'm the same way. Like I, I obsess over something. So I started, and that's honestly almost a fault because then I get overrun and I'm like, I need yeah. a break, you know? And then I take a break and it's like, you know, these algorithms don't let you have a break. Right. And, you know, the it's, second it's you take a break, like you a lose. Like a, a sustainable path. Like you, yeah. you feel like you have to be like freaking pedal to the metal, like full speed ahead in order to grow. But it also at the same time, like if you don't lift your foot off a little bit, like you end up running out, you know, yeah. shortly after, which that's, yeah. It's that's what, that's what I was doing. I was getting off work. So I worked nights. So I'd go to work at like 4 p.m. And I'd get home at like 6.30 in the morning. And uh, my roommate worked. He, he was getting up basically right around the time I was getting home because he worked like the opposite shift. Mm -hmm. And uh, he'd wake up and I'm, I'm out there making videos and stuff, being a hooligan, doing all my things. And he's like, damn, bro. He's like, go to sleep. 
you know? And I was like, I know I need to, but I have things I have to do. Like I'm yeah. obsessing over this and I had all these ideas and I have to get them done before I forget or before somebody else does them. And, uh, so then I go to bed, you know, maybe like seven thirty eight. by the time I got things made, edited, posted, and I was, I was winding down and then I'm up at like noon, you know, and doing it all again, posting another one, making sure I get that one there and then posting another one before I go to work and then trying to get to the gym and, you know, having a, a relationship in the middle of all that stuff. And I was like, this is, this is just crazy. Yeah. So I eventually burnt myself out. And then now again, here I am playing, playing catch up and trying to recover, but I did yeah. learn a lot from it. Um, so it was still, it was still an experience and we're still doing good. Like I've only been back doing this for like three weeks now or four and I'm up like 500 followers on TikTok. So doing yeah, pretty good. I've, I've been in, uh, I guess maybe not impressed, maybe isn't the right word, but like I, I've been, I knew you had like a pretty good, uh, uh, viewership when you kind of took a break, but it's cool to see like when people come back from stuff like that to see like how supportive your community still is and has been since you know, however many months off that you did take. Uh, it's always really cool to see kind of a, a lot of people, I think, tend to think that like, oh, if I take a break at all, like everyone's going to disappear and like not show up, which yeah, I feel like is still somewhat of a valid concern. Like that does happen in certain cases where like you stop posting and then everyone leaves. I think I think yeah. it's much more vital on something like YouTube than it is on Twitch or yeah. oh, I don't. I don't really know a lot about TikTok, TikTok, so I can't really say much. Um, I don't. I don't. I wouldn't even say I have fans on TikTok though. Like I just have followers. Yeah. Twitch, I have fans and people that really appreciate me. Right. And they feel a part of the community that we have building. TikTok, it's just a bunch of people that that follow me. You know, maybe right. I show up on their feed, maybe I don't, because it's so easy to follow someone on TikTok. You know, it's so easy to do anything. Yeah. Um. And and from a viewer's perspective, like they can scroll past you. You know, they can click on you and browse your page. They can do so much. They can never see you again. Who knows? Uh, yeah. So I feel like it's just so easy to follow that you you go check people and it's like, oh, they're following 4,000 people, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, so even if they scroll through 4,000 videos a day, which a lot of people do, it's like, maybe yep. I show up once, you know? Right. Maybe. Depending on how much they interact with my stuff. Yeah. But TikTok's a little... It's the like, hardest there's so much less commitment, you know? Like, there's not as yeah. much of a... a really tough built community on there it's a lot of just whimsical yeah. scrolling and whatnot but it's it's the converting it's the same thing with youtube too you know oh, like yeah. how do i convert you know viewers and subscribers from youtube over to the live stream you know and that's why everyone says you need to build your social medias first before you start live streaming because it's like if you have yeah. all these fans and people that follow you they're gonna be very interested in watching what you do live um so that's that's the part that takes the longest in my yeah. opinion is, is yeah. figuring out how to get them from TikTok or YouTube to Twitch, you know, wherever your live streams are happening. I think that and, uh, that cross-platform conversion is probably always going to be one of the most challenging parts of like yeah. the social creator game is, yeah. you know, yeah, you can build a, a following on one part or you can get a lot of views. Like, uh, like I kind of experienced like, okay, I could post shorts on Instagram reels and get a ton of views, but like, that's it. Like they don't convert to views on YouTube. They don't, yeah necessarily convert to followers and then i've also had like weird things where like i, I had a, a youtube short get like twenty thousand views in a day and i gained like 75 subscribers from it yeah. but then i'll have like you know other ones that you know don't do anything and it's like it's always kind of weird how uh yeah the cross-platform thing is super interesting because a lot of people 
you know, they go to their certain platform for what they want to be there for. And they're, they don't, you know, they're not interested in going somewhere else to see something different. I mean, it's, I'd say like the example I have, that's, that's, I don't know. I, I feel like it's pretty relevant to what we're talking about is like uh Dr. Disrespect on Twitch. He was my favorite streamer to watch. Loved him. The second he moved to YouTube, dude, I haven't seen a live stream since. So it's like this weird thing of like, yeah. I don't go to YouTube. I don't watch people's live streams on YouTube. Right. That's not what I go to YouTube for. You know, maybe I'll watch some of his highlights or something that I find on there. Sure. But like, I don't watch any of his live streams anymore because I just don't do that there. So yeah. people are they're very specific about what they do on each platform. Definitely. And uh, so it, it is, though. You, you, you have to figure out how, how do I get them all from one place to another. And I think the only way to do that is to f- make them feel like they're involved, the viewers. Yep. You know, like you're playing a direct impact in all of this. And uh, they, they, they tag along on that journey with you. Because at the end of it, they can be like, oh, yeah, I did this for you. We did this together. You know, remember when you were like this? And yeah. they, I don't want to say it, it's like they want to be above everyone else, but they want to be there. That way, at the end, they can be like, ah, you know, like I was there for all of this and yeah. you weren't. I'm they can, a fan. They can reminisce you know? with you along the journey. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I have a thought on that. Real quickly, I just wanted to mention for anyone who wants to check out uh, The Purdy Dirty, I'm going to put all of his socials in the description of the YouTube video, but also... On the website, there will be a uh, blog post for the podcast. So I'll have all of his links, all his socials uh, down there if anyone wants to go check that out. For those listening or watching, uh, I would highly recommend it. And then um, I wanted to mention something that I forgot already what I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. Uh, it doesn't take long to lose a thought. Um, Not at all. What were we talking about? Uh, I think I was going to mention something about how, like, it's kind of, uh, no, two things. That was what I was thinking about earlier. Never mind. Anyway, <laughs> sidetracked. Um, Jesus, I thought, I forgot the thought again. We'll we get go. there. We'll get there in a second. Um, it was not about targeting your audience. I think, oh, what I was going to talk about is, like, the really cool thing that uh, something I've been really trying to improve on uh, myself is trying to be better at telling a story. Yeah. And I think in an ideal world, if a someone, you know, making digital content can not only tell a story with like each piece of content, whether it's an extremely short story in, in a sentence or in a paragraph or in a 15 second video or a 60 second video or a 20 minute video, whatever it is. But also I think a lot of people and especially, I don't know if I had to say, especially on Twitch, but if you're able to also like tell your, I mean, even without, without even trying, you're telling a story from like when you start till like your current point in time. So like if people are able to join you on your journey, your story from like what you used to do and up until like the current day so not only are and that's i think why um for a while vlogging on youtube was so popular because not only is like every video every piece of content is a story but also the entire series is a story yeah and i think that's always like super valuable a lot of people are saying now especially with gaming which i think is extremely difficult to do but trying to tell a story with gaming content is one uh like a huge benefit nowadays but also extremely difficult i think um because 
so many people will get in the habit of like, okay, I'm just going to throw up like a highlight reel or, you know, like some crazy moment that happened, which in some ways can kind of be telling like a short story. But um, like I started out making like Minecraft Let's Play content and where when you first started or when I first started, you could make a 20 minute video where you're just playing the game and talking about what you're doing. Whereas now it's much more difficult where you actually have to be, you know, fabricating a story in addition to the gameplay. Like the gameplay itself isn't really enough to like break through in the gaming space anymore, I don't think. Yeah. So that whole like storytelling aspect is something that I've I've been trying to like get better at for a long time with gaming and with, you know, uh whatever IRL videos, vlogs, films, yeah. movies, whatever you want to call this stuff. But um that's something that I've kind of found interesting where I think you are one of the people, like, when I first met Grind, I think I kind of got the same feeling with Grind and with you, how, like, you were both very content-focused streamers, which I always thought was, like, wow, this person's, like, actually paying attention to, like, what they're getting out of the stream and, like, what they're putting into it, not necessarily just, like, oh, yeah, I just hit live and we're here and, like, you know, because that used to work five years ago as a streamer. You could just hit live and be there and, hi, I'm playing games, like, come hang out with me. But now you've got to like put a lot more thought and effort into like what's the stream going to be about? What are we going to try to accomplish? What kind yeah. of stakes are we going to set in order to, you know, like, you know, provide some suspense or some goal, some objective? And I think you're and one of the people that I've seen that's done a way better job at that than a lot of people. Yeah. Appreciate that. I mean, even, even just like, dude. When I first started, people were like, oh, I want you to play this game. 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 Like, are you yeah. going to buy all these games for me, bro? <laughs> yeah. Like, these are all $60 a pop, and you've been in here three times, and you're telling me to drop $180 on these games that you want to play. Yeah. And there was times where I was like, if they were cheap or free, I'd be like, cool, I'm going to try it out. Right. But I'm like, I know I'm not going to like this. Like, I tried streaming Minecraft like two or three times, and... People loved it. People loved watching me play. But I was like, but I'm not having fun. Like, this yeah. isn't fun for me. And this, it can't be fun for you to watch me not have fun. Right. You know, <laughs> or maybe in a sick, twisted person, they are enjoying it. They're like, ha he's miserable. Yeah. But I was like, I, I don't have fun doing this. Like, this isn't fun for me. Why would I keep doing this? Right. And so I've I've gotten in the mindset now where it's like, dude, shove it. Like, I'm not playing your game. You can either yeah. go watch someone else play that game or you can sit here, hang out, have fun and enjoy us playing this one. Right. You know, because we're still the same person. We're still going to have you know tons of fun and we're still going to talk about whatever we talk about you know the game is kind of just like background noise for my community yeah. you know i feel like we have a lot of really fun conversations going on while i'm gaming you know and then we get to pop off and we get to talk about you know things that happen in the game but then again i i try and drive this sense of like family and community and like this is your home away from home like when life sucks you can come in here and hang out we all care about you and if there's someone in here that doesn't care, they're gone because I don't want that. Yeah. You know, we're all we're all friends here. I, I could give a shit about your personal life in, in a sense of like uh, who you are as a person. Like if you're in here and you're kind and you're treating everyone with respect, dude, you're more than welcome. I don't right. care what you do for a profession. I don't I don't really care what your hobbies are. It doesn't define you. If you come in here and you're respectful and you're kind and, and you, you're bringing a, a positive light to what we have going on, then like, dude, by all means, come hang out. But there's some people... You know, they, they want to have attitudes and the whole stream has to revolve around them. And it's like, dude, I, I don't have time for you. Yeah. You know? So it is, though. It's, it's, there, there's people out there like telling, like when, when you were saying telling the story or like fitting it, fitting into your, uh, that was no longer enough for YouTube and everything. I was just yeah. having the, the conversation with the narrator about stuff like that. Cause he's like, it's no longer just being a, for him, he's like, it's no longer just being a VR 
creator. He's like, now I have to be a specific kind of VR creator. And then it's like, well, cool. Are you like phone VR, PC, Xbox? Like what type of console are you VR? Yeah. You know, and then what type of VR games are you playing on that console? He's like, it gets very specific and it's super hard to find your exact corner that you fit in. Right. And uh, even because he, he was saying, he's like, dude, so many of us that are up here at the top are struggling with the same thing. You know, like we oh, don't yeah. know where to go. We're struggling to find our little corner and uh, we're, we're taking hits on all this stuff. But, you know, yeah. Then you just got to innovate and figure out, okay, cool. Like, what can I do to get around this? Right. You know, and he's doing stuff he was telling me, but getting, I feel like getting started, it just multiplies all that. Cause oh, it's like, yeah. I, you know, it's crazy he, too. Cause like, not only that, but then like, as soon as you find your corner, like the room starts to spin and now like the corner is somewhere else and yeah. you got to like, you know, blindly try to find your way. And I think one of the craziest things that like, it, it gets talked about, I think, somewhat on social media, but like a lot of people maybe like outside of the gaming, streaming, whatever, creative space don't really understand that like the types of things that people like you and I are trying to do as a one person show is literally like the same amount of work and different skill sets that like an entire team would take on yeah. a, like a corporate job. Yeah. Like we, we are literally like taking on an entire department from the corporate world as one person learning, you know, multiple different skills and being proficient and, you know, quick enough at them. And I think that's like something that a lot of people kind of overlook, maybe even as like creators, like think about the, the amount of different skill sets you're trying to be proficient enough at that you can do them frequent, like frequently on a, on a regular basis and effectively. And it's no wonder why, not that many people end up being success successful with it because like it's fucking hard. Like there's a a lot so of hard, hard work, a lot of really, you know, I'm difficult so skills hard. you have to learn and yeah, a lot of time you gotta spend. And that's why, you know, so many of us are like, hey, I'm running circles around myself here trying to get all this shit done, but I'm still not making enough. You know, I'm still not yeah. creating enough. And that's, you know you start to get in your head about like, am I doing enough? Is it the right stuff? I think yeah. uh, something that I struggle with for a long time is like wondering if I'm spending my time on the right things, you know? Cause like, like I had mentioned, I started out way back when I first got into YouTube playing Minecraft, you know, and doing let's plays and whatever yeah. I, you know, I was stoked on five views of video or whatever. And then I started to get interested in, like photography and filmmaking stuff. So I started doing some vlogs and I always, I you know, would, would like making videos when I traveled and stuff like that. And then I was like, okay, well, I can't really blend these in with my gaming stuff. So then I went through this whole phase where like I had three or four different channels and I was like, for a while I was like, well, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to be me and people can come watch me for whatever content I'm making. But then I was like, you know, the people who s sign up to watch Minecraft videos maybe don't really give a shit about what I'm doing on the weekends or working on a vehicle or you know vlogging or whatever else i'm doing so it's like as much as i wanted to just have like one channel where i just do what i want and get a what like you know people can come watch me if they want it's like super difficult to grow that way so then i went through this whole like okay well i'm gonna split it up and i'm gonna make two channels and have a gaming channel and a vlog channel and then i was like you know that maybe wasn't necessarily working so i was like okay screw that i'm gonna like combine them together again and i went through this whole like process of like what the fuck do i make where do i put it like I, that's why for a little while i even like was like i'm gonna give up gaming because like i can't do both at the same time and yeah. be really good at it 
So, and then I was, you know, a couple weeks without a computer and I was like, fuck this. Like I, I want to play some games, <laughs> but then like, if I'm going to play games, I should probably make videos and stuff out of it. So I, I can super, super relate yeah. when you're like, oh shit, I don't know like what to play or whatever. But like, I've even taken that struggle like outside of just gaming alone and like brought in other shit. Cause I've always been the kind of person where like my friends will int uh, introduce me to like a different hobby or a different thing. And I'm like, well, that sounds cool. Like I want to get into that. And like, kind of, we were talking about yeah. the beginning and kind of that hyper focus on like, Ooh, this is cool. Ooh, that's cool. I should get this and get involved in that. And then it's like, I want to do everything, but then like, the older I get and the more I do this, I'm like, I can't do everything, you know, like you kind of have to start to pick and choose. And that's where for me, it gets really hard to like specify, like this is the specific type of content I want to make for a specific person and put it in a specific place because it's just like, it's tough to, I think it's tougher to, I don't know for me, like it's tougher to keep yourself going when you're getting so specific that it becomes like, so much more difficult to come up with ideas and you know keep keep it interesting like if you want to work on something else you feel like you're giving up time that you should be spending you know like working on uh whatever it is and yeah i think one of the things that we as as the creator aspect of this that we underestimate too is like we're always looking at the big people and we're like dang like how you know that yeah. they do it so good but it's at some point you know, like S fan and Miskiff, I watch I watch them a lot, you know, and they're always putting out videos, they always have so much going on. You know, they'll have like a whole team and stuff. And then I heard them say one time they're like, Yeah, we have like a hundred employees. I'm like, damn, like you're running a whole company yeah. worth of people. You know, right. you have editors, filmers, you know, uh social media people, like you have you have so many people that are helping you. And it's like we don't have that. And it's not saying right. that they're successful because they do, but it we we sometimes we we are too hard on ourselves like i should be doing what they're doing it's like we can't right now yeah you know like there's only so many hours in a day for me to wake up and and stream and then edit and put things together and then for youtube and then you got tiktok and then balancing a life on all this you know and then staying in touch with your communities and discords and stuff like that it's like there's only so much time yep um and i i so i think for us what's more important is focusing on a good idea, you know, and just being really good at that yeah. instead of just putting out tons of content. And that's why when people are like, you need to be putting out four TikToks a day. And it's like, I haven't done that since I started, you right. know, there was a while where I was doing two, maybe three, you know, for a period. I was like, but I wasn't su successful because I was doing three a day. I was putting out really good ideas and those videos yeah. were actually popping off. I was going, I was getting very specific with my, my audience and the trends that were going on. And I was like, I have to hit this now. I was staying very in touch with the community of like what was trending and how people were doing it, uh, coming up with innovative ways to do it myself. Um, so it wasn't me playing into the algorithm of, oh, you got to post four times a day. It was, I hit, a, I hit a, a couple weeks where I was putting out really good content and my ideas were really good. But then you hit these lulls of like two weeks where it's like, dude, I don't know what to make. You know, yeah. like I'm at a loss. And uh, I think you kind of just have to ride those out, you know, post yeah. what you can. Try not to overthink. Uh, stay driven, but then eventually that cycle is going to come back. And you're like, oh my god, I'm I'm in this creative space again. I'm doing really well. Yeah. And then eventually just multiply and stack on. Um, but I think I think spreading yourself too thin, trying to do multiple things at once, is where because it's like you can't put a hundred percent into six different tasks. Right. You know. 
eventually something's going to take a hit. So I, th- I think it's really good to just hone in on one thing. Like, this is what I'm going to be good at, and I'm just going to try, yeah. you know? And not overthink, and just just post, you know, put effort in, but don't don't talk yourself out of these good ideas and be like, well, you know, so-and-so said I shouldn't do this, or, you know, I, I it's pointless for me to post because I'm not staying in four four videos a day. This video's going to go nowhere, and it's like, you just got to keep going, keep right. going, yeah. keep going. Keep chugging along. Eventually, there's light at the end of the tunnel, and you're going to come through you know it's definitely but, uh, that like uh creative motivation is like uh it's 100 percent a roller coaster like yeah. you have some weeks or even months maybe where you're just on it you're like i got this idea this is good get it out whatever and then there's others where it's just not and i think a really th- a really big thing that would be helpful for a lot of people is uh and i've even been guilty of this plenty myself but like say you got like a really good week where you get like five good videos right a lot of people will just like make five videos and they'll upload five videos right away. Whereas I think what would benefit a lot of people is if you got five really good videos all of a sudden to spread them out a little bit, whether it's by, you know, two months worth of content days or three days or whatever, like give yourself some time. So you have videos coming out regularly and you give yourself time to, I mean, you obviously got to like keep working on stuff in the background, but like that way, if you have a week where you don't get anything good, like you've got some content coming out already and yeah. I don't think enough of us kind of like pad ourselves. It's like, oh, I made something, I got to put it out. And I made something, I got to put it out. And then you kind of like fall into this like slinky mode where you're like going really fast one time and then really slow another time. And like, yeah. it's it's all part of that consistently consistency struggle, I think. But that's like probably one of the most important things is like you got to be committed for a couple years and you got to be willing to keep a regular flow of content and it doesn't have to be every single day or every other day or whatever it's just like each week or each month you have to have something happening you know yeah one well, and two like when you're coming up with ideas again like we, we all look up to those bigger streamers bigger content creators and we try and drag inspiration from them yeah you know but it's like they they can also push out their ideas so much faster than we can with oh, such yeah such high production value you know it's like how am i going to compete but then at the same the same turn like you can go look up a video and someone like i was watching one today because i had the the whole game show thing idea that i was telling you about Mm -hmm. and his whole video is about running the shittiest game show (laughs) and like it was just poor quality he was unprepared for everything and it gets hundreds of thousands of views you know and it's like again like you can make anything work but the idea has to be good and you got to be committed to it right uh Cause I don't know. It's, it's just wild. I spend so much time like talking myself out of things. Yeah. I'm a huge overthinker when it comes to like content and stuff, especially. Yeah. One of the, one of the great sayings I heard, I think it was from Gary V or something like that. And, uh, something along the lines of like a lot of us, um, what did he say? It was like, it's basically all about like you're, you're, you're putting too high of a production value on your idea or something like that, where, too many of us will try to like overproduce like an idea or whatever. And in reality, like it might be a really good idea, but we spend so much time worrying about like having the greatest production value that like we overproduce instead of like getting the idea out there and like making something we're like worried about making it too good. And then like, I'll, I've even been having this recently. I was going to start like, uh, some Minecraft gameplay stuff. And like, I'm worried too much about like trying to make it 
stand out and break through in the Minecraft world on YouTube that I like I basically stopped in the middle of the first episode because I was too worried about making it too good that I didn't actually finish the video. Yeah. And you know, it's my videos of, that the most viral required the littlest effort. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's, it was, it was so silly watching the videos that popped off that they did. Like the one recently is me and Tina. It was like a <laughs> seven second video. It's got like 450,000 views. And yep. I spent maybe two minutes of work on it. That's Very crazy. little, like uh, no editing, but it just pops off, you know, cause it's trending. But I also, you know, that was, you know, a couple minutes making the video itself, but I sat down with it for, uh, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 minutes. And was like really just brainstorming, like, what can we do that's different than everywhere else? Yeah. That's still relevant to gaming, you know? And so I don't know if you saw, but it was like the little headphone jack unplug and then doing the Voldemort wand thing. Yeah. Uh, I didn't understand it, but apparently it was you don't a have big deal. to. I don't get it at all, man. <laughs> I don't get it. But I was like, hey, this is trending. I have a pretty good idea, you know, to make it yeah, stand out yeah. and like make it gaming related and it's relevant to what we're doing. Yeah. And I think it's pretty funny. <laughs> and uh, so I posted it. And what do you know? It just starts popping off. Yeah. And I'm like, son of a bitch, dude. But then I sit down and I spend an hour, you know, making this this video on something. And it's like, oh, four interviews. And it's like, dude, it, right. it's so hit or miss. Quality doesn't always define how well it's going to do well in terms yeah. of production value quality yeah, right. you know but it's just like how good was your idea right you know how good was was the concept that you were doing because people will fall in love with that and then watch you improve your production value along the way yeah but uh but yeah dude it's just how good is is the 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 thing itself by itself standing yep. alone outside of production value you know how good is it if it can stand alone and stand on its own two feet and have nothing else holding it up it's a great idea you know yep. It's but also people, cool people to, I think, like, use production value as a crutch sometimes. Yeah. It's like, I oh, I hope, say, like, I hope this really good editing is going to help my shitty idea go through. Yeah. You know? Which, yeah. In in some situations, it does help, but, you know. Uh, oh, for a sure. Good, a good idea that never gets made is also useless, you know? Like, Absolutely. a lot of people will be like, oh, I had such a good idea. Like, I guess I say this probably a lot lately, but <laughs> I had these he, good ideas, but, like, it, you know, they never, never got implemented or whatever. Yeah. But, um, Tina had a great idea for a video and I was like oh yeah you should do it she's like I don't know if it's going to be funny and I'm like I think it's pretty funny and then uh, two days later she finds someone that made the exact video that she wanted to make do hundreds of thousands of views yep. and I was like you should have done it I was like you talk right. yourself out you of something still great do it, even if still, it's that's why I told her I was like yeah. make it I was like make another one yeah. you know and she's like well I don't know and I'm like alright like you're just passing passing up something that people obviously enjoy Right. you know yeah. I was like don't make the exact same thing put your own twist on it we'll have to figure it out but yeah yeah, the only, the only thing twist. That's a good strategy that I've I've heard. Yeah. Basically, take someone else's idea and put a little spin on it, and yeah, how can I make it's it a so little bit better? To come bit up with a, like actual new ideas now, you know, especially <laughs> like you were saying, like a lot of us will look at bigger creators and be like, oh, I want to do what they're doing, but it's like you can't do what they're doing now. Yeah. Well, and even that, like I I, I used to do this thing where I'd look at like a lot of people that I like to watch on YouTube. I literally go back and watch what their like first videos were like because they're absolute shit compared to like, you know, even I would argue like some of the stuff that I made when I started was better than what they made when they started, but they yeah. started 10 years ago and like you don't see all that hype on on the first 10 years they put into that, you know, we look at what they're doing now and we're like, "Oh, I want to be like that." And yeah. In reality, like you can't copy what they're doing now because it's not going to work for you because you're nowhere in near the same position as, you know, where those people are at. Well, but, I mean, yeah, we're still in the age of like the people that are owning YouTube are the ones that founded it, you know? Yeah. Like they haven't retired yet. 
a lot of those people that you know especially streamers you, know, you look at people like ninja xuc tim the doc like they were all around when when uh streaming wasn't a thing and they were yeah. just posting highlights or commentary of them playing halo right. you know and they they popped off they could literally do anything they wanted now and people yeah. would still watch because they grew their you know audience when you know it was a lot different back then yeah. it's the same with a lot of youtubers and stuff i watch like they can still play minecraft and just like play the game and talk about it because they started it 10 years ago when it was not popular and yeah. you know grew from that so they can do it however they want it but and that's why, like, even with this game show idea, you know, people are like, oh, we should schedule it. I'm like, dude, everybody's game show is scheduled. I, I want yeah. chaos. I want something so unpredictable that that's what incites people. It's like, dude, and I think that's what's going to draw people over to the live streams because it's like, we don't know what's going to happen. We right. have to be there. We have to stay for the whole yeah. thing and see what, what happens because we don't want to miss it. And that's kind of like my idea driving this is I want it. I don't want to know what's going on, yeah. you know? I want all of us to be out of the loop and then we figure it out together and then we end yep. up on the end with some hilarious product. You know, and I'm I'm kind of being uncompromising with some of it because it's like I just have to spend time getting this idea to work, and I think it could be successful. Yeah, you know, but I, uh, I think the again, coolest part you're doing with it is that like you do a really good job of like getting uh, input from your chat and stuff when you're doing yeah. things on stream, which I think is like, you know, from someone who's worked in the corporate world and middle management, so to speak, like getting buy-in from the people that you're working with is like so important in making them feel like they're involved and like a part of making, you know, what it is you're making, which just like helps that exponential level of like your community strength and like, you know, the, the community that you've built. I think that's always like a really good aspect to have that goes into pretty much everything yeah. you do. It seems like, which is always good to see. Yeah. I mean, I, I try, you know, I, I try and ask for input because I always tell people, I'm like, dude, even if I don't like your idea, that yeah. that idea could lead me to a different one oh, that we all agree on. You know, no idea is bad. Sometimes they're just not used, Yeah. you know? So it's like, even though you're saying things and I don't agree with it, it could help me go somewhere else. Right. And then I'm like, damn, like I all, I got here simply because you gave me that idea and it led me to this idea. And uh, now we're somewhere really great. Yeah. But even yeah. even like Dill, like the guy that I tried it on, I messaged him, I think I think it was yesterday, and I was like, hey, just so you know, like this is what was going on, and here's how I felt about it. You know, because I told him, I was like, it felt weird, like invading your space and like your flow and interrupting what you've been building yeah. just to try and do something I was doing. And uh, he was like, dude, it was it was hilarious. And he's like, I think you should try it. I think you should do it. So yeah. I'm like, okay, you know, I got some feedback, and I don't expect it to be a home run with every streamer oh, we no. go into. I think you'll definitely get some hit or miss with that. But yeah. I think, I think anyone who kind of like, you would get along with you know and personality wise will be like more than open to it i think yeah. there are going to be some streamers out there that you'll run into that are kind of just douchebags and they'll be like what the fuck man like i'm trying to do something here and like they'll probably be the ones yeah, you don't really want to interact with anyway <laughs> yeah but and, and that, if that happens you know i just turn around and go okay cool appreciate yeah, you and yeah. i can find someone else like it's... i'm not gonna sit there and try and change their mind right you know yeah. so like, and that's i think that's gonna be the science is how do i present it in a like to someone who's live how do i present it to where they're like huh that sounds fun let me do that yeah. you know now yeah. obviously the, the monetary value of like hey you could win some money if you participate right i think that's what's going to get people to do it um but yeah. obviously i don't have millions of dollars in the bank i can't give away <laughs> so much there has to be some sort of return yeah. but in that return it's like i'm paying you say they win ten dollars and it's like i paid you ten dollars for this video yep. that could go viral and lead me to more money you know or or more viewers community whatever you want it to be yep but uh 
yeah. I, I speaking of the money part, uh, I know there's like that whole, oh, you shouldn't do it for subs. You shouldn't do this for money. You should do it because you enjoy it and it's fun. I'm like, but dude, we got bills to pay. Yeah, it's, it's you know, if I'm not making some sort of monetary value off of this, I'm messing up big time. Yeah, I have to figure out how to convert this. Does it mean I need to be begging? You know, and everybody that comes in here, like, hey, right. tier one or get out. No, but I have to <laughs> be good enough to make them want to tier one. Right. You know? Yeah. And so I, I was in a conflict with somebody about that because I was like, dude, it's it is about money. Actually, it's a hundred percent about money. If I'm not making money, I can't keep doing you're this. So running the business. If you're if you're yeah. running the business and to not make money, then you're not yeah. running the business, right? <laughs> yeah. As humble as and as kind as it sounds to be like, oh, you don't have to sub. You know, I, that's not what we're doing this for. It's like this is absolutely what I'm doing it for. Is yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to make a business out of this and survive. Right. You know, I love you as living off something you enjoy doing. You know? Yeah, that's the whole. Point. I love you, and I I love your your generosity for doing it. You know, and that's I'm always appreciative, and it means so much that people even drop five dollars to to yeah. sub to me and stuff like that. You know, but it's like I am doing it for money, actually. You know, <laughs> yeah. being a hundred percent honest. I don't think there's anything well, wrong with that. You know, I mean. Some I mean, people some people have fall into the light on it, you know? So, yeah. Some people fall into like that pity stuff. Like yeah, TikTok, that yeah. I got in a, oh, some of my early videos went viral because I was, I try and stay super transparent and honest in how I feel. And yeah. uh, I started making videos off of people making their pity TikToks. Like, <laughs> my husband's been streaming for three years and is at zero viewers. It's like, well, maybe he should start yeah. thinking about what he's doing, he's, you know? He probably sucks at it. You know? Yeah. You should, you should look and be like, how can I improve? What am right. I doing wrong? And let's let's change some things. And like, don't make people watch you because they feel bad. You know, that's not the kind of that's not the no kind of community. Want to stick you want. around for that? No, no. Yeah, that's but, um, uh, it's an interesting one. It's it's always fun for me to have these kind of conversations because even like I even start questioning a lot of the stuff that I do, like you know, and yeah. how how I can be better. And even like we were just talking about like doing more than one thing at a time. And I'm talking about how still I'm how trying to do you know gaming and regular stuff. And it's like. Maybe it's still too much, you know, it's, uh, and the, that thought process, you know, thinking through how to be better, how to provide more value to the audience is like, it's a never ending process, but I think that's part of what makes the journey so fun is that it's like, it's a constant problem solving scenario of like, how do yeah. we, how do we do this different? How do we do it better than before? Well, one one of my favorite quotes too, was like people underestimate what they can, or they overestimate what they can do in uh, a year and underestimate what they can do in a decade. Yeah. You know, like 100%. we're just still building the foundation, even, right. even being at the streaming part for a couple of years now, it's like, I'm still figuring out what direction I want to go. Yeah. You know, I'm, I've learned so much. I drowned it. I drowned out my TikTok with, with uh call of duty stuff, you know, to the point where I was like, well, if I play anything other than call of duty now, no one comes and watch me. Yeah. So then it's like, I have to step back and be like, okay, I have to really evaluate how much content I'm putting around call of duty. Yep. And, uh, because I don't want to play Call of Duty for the rest of my life. Right. So I, I had to really think about how do I make myself the content? Yeah. And like I said, making the game the background noise. Like I want people to show up for me because I make whatever we're doing really fun. So I have to reevaluate everything I'm doing and be like, okay, I have to I have to be more entertaining to watch. I have to drive the conversations better and, yep. and make people enjoy their time here. Uh to where if I'm not playing a game that they don't like, or if I'm not if I'm not playing a game that they do like they still hang out and watch because they just enjoy the vibes that we're putting out and the energy and uh, what we're doing. So 
everything's still a learning process all the time. That was always a big fear for me, I think, as one of the reasons why I've been so sporadic was like, I don't want to paint myself into a corner of like, I can only do this or I can only do that. Yeah. And I kind of now like maybe have done that with my YouTube channel, my gaming channel. I kind of like converted it to like an only Minecraft channel because then I was like playing some other stuff, whatever. I don't know. It's, it's a never ending process. Whatever you want and then take note of like, okay, this is really working. Yeah. You know, putting out the Minecraft videos got me 30 more views than i would averagely or i would get on an average with my other stuff and be like right. okay people really like the the minecraft stuff and then you you know you dive into the minecraft you're like okay now what what sector of minecraft can i get into you know you, you start getting into building the most wild things you know yeah. just building things and people like to watch these time lapses of you creating things so then it's like okay now those are starting to generate more views let's dive further into that and it's like well, what things can i create you know and you just constantly get more specific based off of what your analytics are showing you of like, this is working, this isn't, yeah. stop doing this, start doing this. Um, but also like, yeah, you need a good like sample size, right? You can't just right. put out one video and be like, oh, it was, it didn't yeah. do good. You know, put out a couple, put the feelers out. And then, you know, after a couple of weeks, you're like, okay, this isn't really hitting, yeah. pull back and then go in a different direction. But, uh, and that, yeah. that's where all the time comes in. It's like, I spent weeks working on something that didn't really work. Now I have to pull back, start from the right. ground up again and do to go in a different direction. Yeah. And I think that's all this is this repetitive process of like putting out these ideas, figuring out what, what does and doesn't work. And then eventually years down the road, you have this idea and you're building on it and people are very invested in it and you're finally hitting like your peak, you know? And it's like, this is, this is my area. This is what I do. Yep. And people will fall in love with you for that. But it's just finding, finding that road to get on is I think one of the challenging things. Yeah. I Probably think one, the most. one of the cool realizations for me more recently was that uh, for a while I'd been trying to almost like just, you know, with like a, a hope in my back pocket that like YouTube would take off one day and that I'd like use that to to make videos for a living. And then I, I recently started making these social media ads for like basically all short form social media ads for different products. Yeah. And I kind of had this realization that like maybe for me, like, I can make a living off of making videos outside of YouTube and realizing that maybe like that's the more direct path for me to like make a living off of what I enjoy doing. And yeah. it kind of like almost took some pressure off me. The way I used to think about YouTube was like, I recently started a new channel at the beginning of the year and I was like, okay, maybe I need to like super focus the type of content I want to make. But now it's more like, okay, I can make money making commercials and I could just use my YouTube channel as more of like a, a fun portfolio of like different types of things that I want to make. And it yeah. sort of like took the pressure a little bit off of like, cause at the beginning of the year I started to make like a bunch of like sit down, like how to be more creative and like whatever types of videos. And after like five or six or 10 videos or whatever it was, I was like, I don't want to just like sit behind the desk and talk about shit all the time yeah. because I feel like it's not interesting enough content. Like, yeah, what I'm saying might be valuable to people, but like, you know, I want to do more than that. And it was kind of like, a, okay, maybe I can make money off of this thing sort of behind the scenes and like get back to like being able to have a little bit of fun with what I'm making and not hyper focus on like, how do I get the most views? Because that, I don't know, it's been difficult for me to try to like pin and, yourself and into a corner with that and be yeah. like. Viewership doesn't always trans or like viewership and followers doesn't always translate to like a successful thing either. Yeah. Oh, you know, 100%. Because there's people that, like, even when I was still growing on, well, I'm still growing on TikTok, but, like, when I first started and I was watching people, I'm like, dude, he has 300,000 followers on TikTok. 
but I still average more viewers than him on Twitch. Yeah. You know, it's like, there's no monetary value of where he's at on TikTok. So it's like, why? So then I start looking at other people like, why aren't they coming over? Like, I don't want to do that. And I was like, yep. how do I get people to watch my streams? And so follow big, big follower counts don't always translate or, right. you know, they hop on a trend and they're like, Oh, I'm going to follow this guy and watch him. And then it's like, okay, that's all his content is, is his one thing. Yeah. And then they get tired of it and they leave. So then you can't let those things go when, when you, when you catch a spike, it's like, I have to hold on to it to figure out how to hold on to this. You have to constantly have to be innovating yep. and, and rethinking what you're doing to make, make sure that you're not just a stream that's on repeat every day, playing the same games, acting the same way. Um, cause I saw people peak up to a hundred viewers when they were thriving, but then they started posting only the same stuff. It was the same content day in and day out. And so eventually over time, while I was live, I'm watching their numbers fall. You yep. know, I'm like, I, I figured that was, was what was going to happen. Yeah. You got to keep uh, trying something different. Yeah. yeah. You, you did the same thing over and over and over again because you found success and you know, and that's where I started going with my call of duty and I caught it early on. Cause I was like, it's happening to me. You know, if I don't play call of duty, nobody comes and watches. And so that's yeah. when I eventually I stop and take a break and I'm like, I have to rethink what I'm doing here or else I'm just going to waste my time and like four years are going to go by and I'll be back to where I was. So uh, I think that's where there is a lot of value in like, building a rant, a brand around yourself and your personality versus yeah. around like a super specific niche because it it is it is harder to grow that way but it is way better for longevity and like yeah. community building to actually you know provide some insight into who you are and what you enjoy and how you like to interact with things and that's something that you know even though it's been a struggle with you know kind of slow growth and confusion over time it's like i i have a hard time letting go of the just trying to like be who i am and you know if people yeah. enjoy it then awesome if not well there's a million other youtube channels to watch <laughs> yeah and eventually but, you'll find your crowd you know it just takes time yeah you know and trying not to present you know if, you, if you're going down you know for example because I, I know more about streaming than youtube so if like if i'm going down the call of duty route you know, I'm going against thousands of other streamers that yeah. at any given moment that are also doing the Call of Duty route and streaming the same thing. So then again, you have to get into like, why, why choose me? Right. You know, why? Yeah. And I ask myself that all the time. It's like, why? Like, would I click on me? Probably yeah. not. You know, so I have to figure out ways to be like, I need you to click on me. You should click on me. Yeah. And uh, ultimately, that's where the suit and tie came from that I stream in. Yeah. Was because I was like, it's gonna be so clickable if you're scrolling through and you see someone with a suit and tie. And I right. can't tell you the amount of times I've been raided or first time chatters and be like, dude, I couldn't pass up a suit and tie. It's just hilarious. I'm yeah. like, that's the point. You know, I've got to separate myself from everybody else sitting here streaming in a in a normal clothes. You know, I was yeah. like, I'll I'll look like a like an idiot at my expense. You know, if it brings people in here and it's funny, I don't care. Yeah, you know, I was surprised the other day I was streaming. I got uh, a raid from someone based on uh, my beard. They were like, "Oh, yeah. I was just scrolling through and saw the best beard on Twitch and decided to yep. throw a raid." I was like, "Whoa, it's like the first time I've ever been raided by just some random person." <laughs> it's like, well, too, like people are awesome. always like, "Oh, I don't, I don't want to stream because I have a weird voice." I'm like, if you hate your voice yeah. and like you truly do have a funny voice, I was like, make that your whole thing. Yeah, yeah. you know, play, market play yourself up. with that. Take advantage of that stuff. Don't run away from it. You have something that makes you very unique. You know. Yeah. Like, sure. I think that's why Tim the Tatman is so successful because he's a very unique person. He's yeah. a big, tatted up dude, beard. You know, he has a really distinct voice. Yep. You know, like you hear Tim's voice, you know who Tim is. Right. You know, and so he's, 
I don't think he marketed himself that way, but I think it's one of the things that made him very successful is like, you're so distinct. Like you're so, yeah. You know, like if Tim's sitting on your screens, like, you know who Tim is apart from everyone else. I think it's an underrated thing for a lot of people that like us as individuals are a lot more unique than we think we are. And even though a lot of us are like, Oh, my life's boring and this and that. And like, I don't have that much to offer. Like you're a lot more different, you know, than you might think. And there's definitely ways to like pick those aspects apart to use to your advantage yeah. in, you know, live streaming and content and stuff. Absolutely. Definitely. Well, we're at uh, an hour and 11 minutes. I don't want to take up too much of your time today. Cause I know you got a lot of other stuff to, to get done. Um, but I really appreciate you coming and spending some time with me. Hopefully we can chat some more and, uh, continue to, to work on some different things together and yeah, see what, absolutely. See what even even if we do this once a week, you know, just sit down and talk about things. Yeah, hundred percent. I love natural I always, I always love talking about content and growing. And yeah, how I can be better, how I can help other people be better, and uh, different stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I guess that's uh, that's all for today.